Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. The Premier View Tipperary GAA podcast has just got its very first sponsor. The podcast is now proudly sponsored by MerchMonster.ie. On MerchMonster.ie, you can buy personalised hoodies, t-shirts, polo shirts, personalised snood face coverings, and a whole lot more. They've even got a product personaliser over on their website. Go over there and check it out now. They deal in one-off orders and also in bulk orders, class hoodies, team and work polo shirts, and everything else in between. Go over there and check them out now. It's MerchMonster.ie Now let's get back to this week's show. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Premier View Tipperary GA podcast. My name is Michael McCarthy and we have a great show lined up for you this week as Tipperary play the first hurling game of the 2021 season as we try to win our first league title since 2008. Thurla hero Sean Smith will join me along with Napiershik Shane Dowling who will give us Limerick view before the big game on Saturday. Enda Tracy speaks with Head of Sport from Danina Gargin as Shane Brophy as they do a run-through of the GAA in the local and national papers. But first, this weekend marks the annual fundraiser for Pieta House. Pieta House do tremendous work in our communities and our newest recruit to the Premier View Towers, Marissa Kennedy, speaks with Elmo Queen ahead of Darkness Into Light. So this Saturday morning, hundreds of thousands of people will take to the streets to walk, cycle or run five kilometres for Darkness Into Light 2021. The annual event is the main fundraiser for Pieta House, who do such incredible work. And joining us on the Premier View podcast is DIL Nina committee member, El Queen. El, thanks a million for joining us. No problem. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. Now, we can't gather in groups this year, which has been such a key component of, of Darkness into Light other years, but people are still just as enthusiastic and just as willing to take part this year. Yeah, it's such a pity, you know, the second year in a row that people can't 
gather in big groups but everybody can still participate at home from their own houses they can walk swim cycle so it is just as beneficial um, and we hope to have the same amount of participants that we've had in when we've had big mass groupings so we're hoping that everybody will get out this Saturday morning and go for the walk in the sunrise. It, it's such a hugely important fundraiser as I said it's the main fundraiser for Pieta House and a little really can go a long way with this type of thing. Yeah, it's an amazing fundraiser and Pieta House, I'm sure everybody um, has been affected by suicide or a family member. Do you know, it hits everybody hard um, and Pieta House is such a good cause and such vital funds needed um, for Pieta House for them to do an amazing work, which they do. And, and, and this year of all years, I don't think there's a single person out there who hasn't been affected in some way by, by COVID-19 yeah, and, and feeling the, the stress of that. So this year more than ever, you know, their services have, have been needed. Yeah, since people are working from home, you know, with kids, it's very stressful. Having kids at home all the time, trying to work, trying to balance. And it is, it's very stressful. And not being able to go anywhere, not being able to see family members really hits people hard. So Pieta House, I'm sure, has been... Um, used or people are reaching out more this year more than ever because of COVID so we funds are needed for Pieta House to keep everybody you know going. What made you want to, to get involved as a committee member then because you know we all we all love to take part and do our bit to raise money but but you went that one step further. Yeah well I've been on the committee now a couple of years and it's just it's amazing on the morning to see everybody getting out so early and the funds that are raised, you know, it's one of PH House's biggest fundraisers. So it's amazing to see everybody just out together. And I know, especially this year, you can't, it's harder, but people can still do it from home, um, which is still very beneficial. But it's, it's a big um, part of like the local town. And it, it is nice, you know, for everybody to get out and help. And I just know Brendan who's the chairperson, I know him a couple of years now, and we've just all been on it. Um, but it's very beneficial, and it, it is an, it's an enjoying kind of experience to help others, you know, raise funds for such a good cause. You touched on it there. It's all about the community, even though we can't gather together this year. It, it's really humbling to see, you know, you're from the Silver Mines. Everyone comes together in the local area to you know there's there's no parish boundaries when it comes to this event yeah especially and even on the social media side because nobody do, can't really go out um COVID this year on the social media side you've all like celebrities and famous people and they're trying to you know not promote it but they're trying to like get everybody involved and this is just an event where nobody it doesn't matter what parish you're from everybody does it and it's reached worldwide as well, which which just goes to show the 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 long arm of the Irish people. Yeah, it has. It's it's amazing in every country, and it happens at every like. Obviously, we're all in different times in the world, so just to see everybody's stories on Facebook and on Instagram throughout Saturday and Sunday, it's just a lovely thing. Walking in the sunrise together as a community and as a group and as a town. So it's happening this Saturday morning, May eighth. Uh, I think sunrise is around half six in the morning, I think. So uh, up bright and early and um, walking from darkness into light. 
if there are a few more if there are a few people left who who haven't signed up yet but would want to or would like to donate how exactly can they do that um you can sign up online on the darkness into light page and it's very straightforward it brings you step by step how to sign up how to donate you can donate more than what your registration fee is um i know some people have um if you're on facebook they have some pages set up where they will uh reach try and reach a goal to for some family members of them or i don't know if there's any buckets in town because of covid you know you can't have you can't pass in money um, but I know you can donate online uh, if you go on to Facebook or if you search up uh, Darkness into Light on Facebook, if you look up the Facebook or the Instagram page, I know all the committee members are really trying very hard to post lots of stuff every, every day to keep everybody going. And if you go on to the Darkness into Light search on Google, you can donate and register there. Well, it promises to be another very worthwhile morning. Elmel Queen, thanks a million for joining us on the Premier View podcast. No problem. Thank you. I hope everybody comes out and joins us on Saturday morning. So do we, El, for what is a very worthy cause. Now, moving along, earlier on in the spoke to Head of Sport at Danina Garge and Shane Brophy as we reviewed this week's local papers. And joining us now uh, for our local uh, paper review, the first one on the show is uh, Nina Gargan Sport Editor Shane Brophy. Shane, thanks for coming on. No problem, So we're doing this now for uh, every few weeks, Shane, so we start with yourself. So it's a good addition this week. Uh, it's been a, a lax few months for you, obviously, with nothing going on, but uh, Calvin to miss league opener. So could you talk us through the, the article there? Yeah, um, I suppose we, we were... Uh... I suppose with the, the league coming up, I suppose we were glad to get back to interviewing and, and I suppose talking to talking to the uh, the, the respective Tipperary camps there last weekend. We managed to get three of the four major <laughs> major teams, the the senior footballers, the senior hurlers, and the ladies footballers were all at their press um press conference ahead of the league last weekend. So it was great to get back and talk and talk and shop and talking games again. So as you say, it's Seamus Callan. So I suppose that was the, the lead out of it in terms of um I suppose you won't be available for for the Saturday against Limerick, and by the sounds of it, the Cork and the Galway games as well. It's not, it's it's nothing concerning. I suppose it's it's relating to the the back issue he had since twenty eighteen. I think it's just a a load management issue with Jamie that just not to um not to put him back into things uh, too quickly. I suppose like it, it, I suppose the summer is the important time. So um, I suppose the the more interesting aspect of Jamie is that. The, probably the likelihood is that he won't be captain this year. I suppose the fact that uh, we asked Liam about who the captain might be, and I suppose that he wasn't able to confirm that Jamie was staying on, is probably a, a confirmation of sorts that there will be a change, and uh, it should be disclosed this Friday night when they announce the team for for Limerick on Saturday. So we reckon maybe Noel is the shoe in. Yeah, I would suppose he's. I would think he'd be the favourite. I suppose he's been vice captain on two occasions, um, and I suppose with. with you think Paddy and and Brendan have had a, a go at it already? Like you would think he's the he's the next likely option. Um, I suppose if if they do look maybe to go to the next maybe cohort of in terms of age, you're probably looking at maybe a Ronan Maher type player. But you would think of after what everything Noel has done over the years that uh, he deserves his accolade. And you think um, after maybe what a I suppose a difficult year last year in terms of his form with tape, I suppose after a brilliant club campaign, um, there's, there's probably no, no, I suppose no fitting guy maybe that would win. They were, were probably going to get a big, 
performance out of him and Noah, maybe his brother John in the, in the league and into this year's championship. As I was saying, a good bit of a break and they, they would have needed that in grass in particular. Mm-hmm. He was saying that he was happy with the way the lads came back from the break and they seemed pretty fit. Yeah, um, yeah, very, very happy. Um, um, I said we've only, I think, with Chevis Callan and Billy McCarthy and Paul Maher as of last Saturday, we're the only three that definitely won line out against Limerick. So, um, uh, I suppose it probably was it was one benefit of, of the long break probably play, that played into Tip's hands is that it's given um, a lot of guys a chance to work under S&C. It's probably an area where we were probably a bit behind in terms of other teams last year. And I, I know there's been an element of criticism towards Liam and the management that they haven't put too many of the, the underage, the, the guys that won All-Ireland under 20 and under 21 um winning team into that had broken through a, a, a so far but like a, I think he confirmed it that the, the, just the gulf is just so massive that you just need a couple of years S&C to get up to that level and he pointed to the fact that if you look at that Limerick team now they're all 25, 26, 27 and that the, the spine of that team is are in that age group they've gone through the three, four, five years of S&C like it, it takes that time like it's just it's just so hard for an underage guy to break into a senior setup and make a a, a dramatic impact. So you you see you'd be disappointed now if some of those guys, a handful of those guys, didn't make a, a major impression in the national league ahead of the championship. Yeah, and I suppose looking at the panel there, you have a list of a panel down here beside the article. I've just highlighted a few guys probably haven't had much game time and are coming from the under twenties. You're looking at twelve, thirteen guys there, mm. so there, there's going to be substantial game time for a few of those at least. I you think so, like and like some of them are hitting 23, 22, 23, 24 years of age. Like it's time for them to to put the hand up. Um, like I think they've 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 got to set it in training now. Like I remember two thousand and nine, two thousand and ten, when this was the the Brendans and the Knowles and the parties were breaking in. Like they were the ones setting the lead and training, and it was impossible for no or for Liam Sheedy in his first in not to pick them. Like I just. I hadn't gotten the sense last year that these guys, some of these guys, weren't doing the same. So look, they've got to, they've got to be shown in training that make it impossible not for Liam to give you a chance. And like, like you, you think um, you're looking like some maybe Brian O'Mara, Craig Morgan in defence. Um, um, like I think definitely up front, I think Dylan Kirk, the likes of him now, and Mark Keogh, I think it's a big year for those two because they have the physical attributes to. Um, Really, I suppose in terms of the, the physical game that and the attritional game that Hurling has become, that they have the physical attributes to really make a, a massive impression. And I think the one for me would be Alan Tyne and to see can he gel in pretty quickly. Like he has, like he's not catching up in terms of SNC. He has that done. It's Hurling from his point of view in terms of how how quickly can he readjust to to senior intercounty play. How many changes do you expect we'll have for the first game? Will there be? Okay, so I, I mentioned I mentioned in my piece like we have not absolutely nothing to go on so like I yeah, you, you could you could throw 33 names into a hat and they'll, they'll pull the team out from there I know there's probably an expectation from some quarters in the tip following that we, we should we need to go out and try and win it but if, if you went all out with to try and win it and still lost it you're going into God. Is this going to be another one of those years? We're still not able to beat Limerick. So I, I, I think it'll be a case of maybe, maybe ten first teamers and five maybe fringe guys getting a chance. I think there'll be an. I think it'll be put out in terms of look. They'll go and try and win it, but there's definitely going to be an element of um, of trying guys out as well. So I wouldn't be surprised if maybe eight or nine first teamers or maybe four or five uh, of the guys looking to break in getting their chance. 
Yeah, so we'll move on to page 43 there, Shane. Um, we have a June restart for club games is the headline. Uh, so we have a heap of competitions left to play. Could you just run through what what the likelihood of time frame for them to be played will be? Yeah, I suppose. Um, I suppose we got the guideline from the government last week that um, from June the seventh, um, club games can restart. And I just noticed uh, up in the six counties, their their games are actually starting this weekend because they're in a different jurisdiction. So, like you'd like to think that um, that if they're starting pretty sharpish up the north we're not going to hang around here in Tipperary that by the 12th or the, thir- the weekend of the 12th 13th which is the first weekend available that we'll be getting quickly into things so as you say look the we have a couple of competitions outstanding I suppose the, the under 21 football finals the A and B final from last year um, are still to be played you think they'll be probably played off pretty pronto maybe the first weekend that um, I suppose a lot of those guys will be chomping at the bit to get going. So they'll be the ideal ones to start with. Um, I suppose there's going to be a little pro- issue with, I suppose, like that the A finals between Grange Mokler, Valley Neal and um, and, um, Ar- and Aravale Rovers, but they're also in the Junior A Championship. I suppose Grange Mokler are in the South final in the Junior A hurling. So I suppose there's going to be a bit of a hold up there. But look, you like to think that the Junior A Championship will be, I suppose, moving, moving along pretty quick as well. Um, I know from your point of view, Enda, with, with Tumi Vara there, down to play Aravale Rovers in a county semi-final. So you think that those uh, those county semis and uh, that south final leading into a semi-final against Holy Cross, they'll be played off pretty quick. I suppose that the big one to be Junior B hurling. I know they've intended in terms of trying to finish that out, but I think the West are only at quarter-finals and I think the south had barely started. So I just... What they're going to do there? Will the West and the South have to nominate clubs to go in with Silver Mines and Gorton Hoog and Ghoul, or will they just let Gorton Hoog and um, Silver Mines play it off for a champion to go up Junior A? So it'll be, a, and I think the CCC of the County Board were due to meet this week. So it'll be, I assume, they'll they'll put a pictures a fixtures plan out for those competitions pretty quickly and um, and make the draws for the County League for the Senior and Intermediate just to get those clubs up and running as well. And you're looking at a reduced format for the county league. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. Is that um, I think it was what, Division One in hurling would was 16 teams divided into two regions of A. So this will be broke down into further four groups of four with maybe teams playing on a geographical basis. So you're looking at three guaranteed three matches per team, hurling and football, probably semi-finals and finals. So if you, if you start on the 12th and third, 13th of June, that would take you up to the August Bank Holiday weekend, which is um, I think a lot of water clubs we didn't expect and then um, I suppose then you have August um, I suppose we all hope that maybe Tip would go deep into the All-Ireland Championship and that the club, club championship wouldn't be played until maybe it wouldn't start till late August but if Tipperary don't get to an All-Ireland I think we expect that the club championship would be brought forward by at least two weeks into maybe the middle of August so you, you would like to think County League would, would carry from June into July and then you have August to start the championship um, depending on how tip go where a divisional championship at senior and intermediate level would fit in I'm, I'm not sure it's difficult to know where it could fit in this year but look that's, that's up to the county CCC to try and determine if, 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 if that could be a possibility this year yeah, and we'll just go on to uh, we'll double up the Kwogi in your all fairness column. You mm. go into detail about the, the Kwogi's well, they're a strange decision to really go against all the other associations. And yeah, 
Yeah, they really came in for a lot of criticism there last week. And um, I suppose in some ways they were probably victims, sort of victims of, I suppose, poor timing as such, is that um, the ladies' football got their plan out first and the ladies' football decided to... um, adopt the GA model, I suppose, of, of playing the league and championship and then going back to the club. Whereas, um, ironically, if the ladies football had decided to do the same as Camogie, there would have been no issue because club would have been on at the same time in the summer and inter-county at the back end. But once the, once the ladies football went first with their plan and said, we're going to go league, inter-county, championship and then club, it made no sense for the Camogie to go a different route because like all it was creating was, I suppose, a couple of issues. One was um, it was creating a, a different time frame. It was creating a separation between the National League and the Championship and possibly maybe instances where you could have inter-county training going on when the club championship was going on. Um, but also you were creating a club county scenario where if the inter-county ladies football was going on in the summer. That was at the same time as Club Camogie Championship. You're going to have Club County issues there and then vice versa at the back end of the year where you have inter-county Camogie going on at the same time as Club ladies football. And like you're, you're talking about, um, you're, like there's a lot of a lot of players, ladies football and, and inter-county to play Club Club Camogie and Club ladies football. You're going to create all those hassle issues. So um, it just made no sense for why they, they thought that was a runner. I, I could have seen, I could, their thought process was actually understandable. Look, back end of the year, they'll have more profile, they'll have that, they'll have that time of the year to themselves. But look, it, it was it was going to lead to a whole lot of player um, availability issues. So I'd be surprised if their uh, poll of their members this week didn't lead to them changing and that they would fall into line with the GA and the LGFA in terms of playing their league, then going straight into their championship and allowing the clubs um, the back end of the year to focus fully on um, the club championship, which is something that the intermediate manager, Keane Tracy, said to me in an interview in The Guardian as well. Yeah, and they just kind of have undone the kind of positive PR they had after the Congress a few months ago where they were going to try cater for the dual players and then just kind of completely against it. I just... Very, very unusual. Yeah, I just thought I just thought it was very, very short, narrow mind, narrow minded, and it was just a tunnel focus of. I suppose, in fairness, the Camogie Association are there to do what's best for the Camogie, and yeah, they're fully valid in the reasoning. But like I suppose they're not they're not fully in control of their player pool. They share a lot of the player pool with the LGFA, and look, if you if they make a decision. It, it, that's impacting on the LGFA or vice versa. Like it's going to have an impact. And I just think it, it, it just wasn't thought through properly about what would happen if they pushed ahead with this. And look, we saw that I think it was 82% of people in the poll were against it. The GPA polled their uh, Camogie members who said that they weren't going to play in the National League if this went ahead. So look, the, you'd be shocked. I, I, I'd be... I just wonder what are the Camogie Association hoping that the grassroots bail them out in this and that they're maybe the, the Camogie Association think this is their inter-county players, maybe a bit of player power from that point of view. But I'd be surprised if that's the case. I just think it's it just it just be it would just be so much cleaner from a scheduling point of view if the inter-county 
inter-county um, ladies football in Camogie finished late August and that every county knew in September, October, November, December that that's when the club championships, Camogie ladies football could be played. Look, it's probably going to lead to a scenario where we saw last year and when our own county where you had the care issue of um, ladies football and Camogie clashing. But look, you'd like to think if we got to a stage where all we had at the back end of the year was club and that ladies football and Camogie within or Tipperary could come to an agreement on the schedule that we could avoid that scenario and get a, a structured competition there uh, at the back end of the year within our own counties um, after the inter-county season is finished. Yeah, we know the intermediate and the seniors are out on the 15th of May. Will there surely a decision will be made prior to that? I would think I'd say they're going to make a decision pretty quickly this weekend. I think they were going to poll within seven days. So um, I guess it's, um, I would think we'll know pretty sharpish maybe Sunday, Monday, about what they're going to do. And just uh, we'll finish with the declining end. So is this the, the most useless league we're going to have in, in memory? Um, uh, I suppose it's, yeah, it def- definitely has a tournament feel to it. It's just, it's just, the way the hand is dealt this year is just not a normal league. Um, but look, every county will be different in terms of how they approach it. Like in terms of Limerick, you think they're probably going in there looking just to pad a couple of more players into their panel. So that means they could probably go strong in the league and try and go win it again. Tipperary are probably in terms of they've probably got to find a few more players. Um, there'll be other counties maybe like Wexford from last year probably would value putting out a strong team every because like they lost an awful lot of momentum this year last year so they probably want to get back on the horse win as many games as they can so I think it's it'll be as what every county approaches with in terms of um, what they want to take from it going into the championship like there's going to be a lot of caution I think in the first week or two because like while Teams would have been doing a lot of individual training up to the 19th of April. Like 20 days from a Tipperary and Limerick point of view was very short. They've had no challenge matches. They've had probably only a handful of internal games. And look, even as well as I do, training, running the roads, running on a treadmill, there's nothing prepares you for coming back onto a training pitch and running from side to side and twisting sharply. The muscle... Like, like a lot of these guys, Ronan Maher, I was talking to him last week, like, it was six months from the time Tip lost to Galway from him going out on a training field again. Like he never went six months running on a field full stop. Like so there'll be a lot of guys with aches and pains and look, there'll be, I'm sure there'll be a lot of team sheets and I'm sure Tip's supporters will be looking this right and wondering why a certain guy maybe won't be played. Look, it could be a guy who's a, maybe a small little niggle and they're just it's just not worth the risk. Um, like if you you get a groin strain or hamstring pull, now it's effectively your league over and you've very, very little time to impress going into the championship. So look, it, there's got, I think it's just going to be an element. I think we're going to get some strange team selections in for all teams this year because look, for all 12 teams, it's about being ready for late June, early July in championship. And I know there's an element of tip support really wants to start when we want to get one over Limerick and look, put that Indian sign to bed. But I think we all know that the time to beat Limerick will be in the summer if we get them. I think minimum this weekend against Limerick from a two point of view will be a performance 
look, if it's good enough to win, brilliant. If it's fall short victory, fine. Look, it's not the end of the world, but a performance where we see maybe a couple of guys showing well, we maybe showing that we're physically more able to st- stand up to them and that there's a bit of momentum to carry into the, the subsequent league games. Look, it's um, I suppose in terms of a schedule, it's it's a tough league. Like we're in, definitely in the harder section. Um, in terms of the first three matches, Cork, Limerick, Cork, Galway, it's as tough as they come. So look, we will know where we are after the Galway game in terms of a bit of momentum, how players are shaping up, and um, hopefully a bit of positivity. Was I just think that's that's what we need, and I definitely think we probably need to be winning two out of the three just to carry some momentum going into June. And it's a tough group. Um, yep. How do you how do you see ticketing on this year and all the codes? So just put you on the spot while we have you. Yeah, I just think in terms of hurling, I was talking to a couple of other journalists during the week. I just if you go through a lot of the teams from last year, I think from a temporary viewpoint, I think I think there's more there's def, I think of all the counties Tip along with Wexford have the most improvements from last year. I think those two counties were the biggest disappointments last year. Even though Tip got to a quarter final with a puck of a ball, getting to a semi final, I don't think we ever saw Tip at our true best. Probably that ten or fifteen minute spell in the first half against Galway was probably the closest we saw in Tip to being at their very, very best. Look, if we get if Tip get Noel, John McGrath, Bubbles coming back to their best, look those boys didn't show anything in the championship last year if they come back to their best I think we'll be there we won't be far off and we get Jake Morris Brian O'Mars three or four of those under 20s really pushing their way into that starting team I think I don't think we'll be far away from from contending Um, I think Galway Shane O'Neill's got his second year with them but apart from Brian Concannon was a big shove on. I'm not sure how much more is to come from him. How much more can Joe Cannon give? I think we saw from the likes of David Burke last year, there's a bit of slippage there from him. But look, will he be fresh after a long time off? So like, he's another one. Um, Waterford, did they overachieve last year? How much more improvement will come from them? Like Tyg the Burke is a big loss. He's probably not going to make the championship this year, but they will have um, Shane Bennett back in the forward. So look, that's well, I think defensively, I think the work is a big loss. Uh, I think Wexford improved. Clare, John Conlon's a big welcome back for them. I just I, there's a couple of sting in Clare because look, they've had so much negative press over the winter. Um, they might just be relieved to get back to the hurling field. So look, I wouldn't rule them out. Kilkenny, you can't rule them out. I just think. Like there was a lot of more negatives than positives out of Kilkenny. Like they had a collapse against Dublin in the second half. I thought the two goals in a minute against Galway probably glossed over the fact they were out hurling that game, and then the second half collapsed against Waterford. I'm just not sure what what more from Kilkenny. Dublin, we don't know what to expect from Dublin. I think there might be a kick out of them. You'd hope maybe from the likes of. Wex or Leash in Dublin that or sorry Leash and Antrim that are at least competitive. I think I, I think those both counties would take for that. The one that's intriguing me is Cork. Look, there's talent there. Um I think Kieran Kingston in his second year back has let out his stall. Um like Connery Han if he ain't saying look given the door. Um Donald O'Grady's back. If they can get their defence stiffened up, like while they lost a couple of 
those underage finals to Tipperary, they had loads of talent there. It's yeah. just about clicking. I just, I just, they're the one that intrigues me. And I think um, I wouldn't put it past them to beat Limerick in that Munster semi final. Um, look, that might make Limerick a more dangerous element out long term. But look, I think that's fascinating. We go to football. Um, like it just was championship wise, it's, it's 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 tough as they come. Everybody expects Kerry to be their opposition in the Munster semi final. You probably think it's a free swing, so in that respect, it makes Tipperary a little dangerous. But I think the National League is definitely the important one there. They want to um, they want to get out of Division Three, which means they got to win, get to at least the league semi final and win that. I'd like to think they'll carry a little swagger. You think after winning the Munster Championship, they've got to carry confidence in that and maybe a bit of an arrogance, a good arrogance, if you know what I mean. Go into that Limerick game and say, look, we did, we, we won a Munster Championship, so we were the best team in Munster last year. So, excuse me. So, look, if the if the, if the beat Limerick, you'd fancy them to at least win two of their or last three, or one of their last two, get to a semi and hopefully get through um, from there. From there yeah, um, look, I think. I think from David Power's point of view, I think promotion to Division 2, that would be the main aim this year. And if that happens, they go into the Kerry game full of confidence, have a right... Well, assuming it's Kerry, I know there's some facts to the Clare viewers here, but you're really assuming it's Kerry um, and have a free swing against them. Camogie, I guess a big year for Tip. I mean, it's, it's the last three semi-finals on the spin. You probably hope they're due a bit of good fortune in terms of injury this year. Look, they, they were... Missing Nicole Walsh, um, and we're missing um, Ashling Maloney in the championship, like an hour of Dwyer in the championship, the back end, like three players that would improve their forward line. No end if they're back, the, the younger girls are a bit older, a bit stronger. I like Cork have had a couple of retirements, Kenny have had a couple of retirements. You just think maybe Tipperary have the ability to kick on, um, there and hopefully. Um, get to an All-Ireland final. I think that's got to be the aim this year, senior come on, get to an All-Ireland final. The ladies footballers, they're an interesting one with Declan Carr um, in as manager. Um, he's going to bring something different. I know a lot of people think that uh, Hurling man, why, why, why would he be getting a ladies football? Look, he's, 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 his four daughters, he's been heavily involved with ladies football and Holy Cross. He knows the team. He's, he would bring that that um, steely determination of when he was playing there like he that bit of toughness I suppose if there was one thing about the ladies football team in the last year or two since they got promoted from intermediate and even last year and even though they lost by a point or two in against Galway Monaghan they were probably while they're easy on the eye they were probably a bit too nice they were probably a little they probably weren't as cynical in a way that you have to be at the, the very highest level and that's not nothing and that's a um I suppose a mark of respect of what Dublin and Cork and the good teams, the Galways have been doing over the years, where you maybe give away the silly free or you, you you sort of play ugly, but you end up winning more games than you lose. I think he'll he'll bring that element in of terms of just making them harder to beat. They mightn't be as free-flowing, but look, if they become harder to beat and they're, they're winning games, look, I, I think they have an opportunity at least or hopefully get to an All-Ireland semi-final. I just think, I think all four of our major inter-county teams, I think they're going to be worth following this year. Plenty to look forward to any of Shane. Absolutely. Um, some great stuff in the garage and I'd, I'd urge anyone listening um, to buy it. There's some great articles in there and obviously it's good to support your local papers. Uh, Shane, thanks very much for coming on.
No problem, and best of luck. Thanks again to Shane Brophy of Danini Garda. Now, this Saturday at half five in the Gaelic grounds, Tipperary play Limerick in the first game of the National Hurling League. In a few minutes, we'll hear from Shane Dowling for his thoughts on the Limerick camp. But first, I spoke to Sean Smith of Turles Harrisfields about how Tip are going to fare out. Sean, Tip and Limerick on Saturday in the Gaelic grounds. Hurling is back. Hurling is back. Yeah, thank God, Jesus. It's been... But at least now we have an old kind of a fixture list, at least, Mike. You know, we kind of know where we're going. That's it. We're not coming it. on. And yeah, it's we brilliant. have a plan. Yeah. And the ground is good. Conditions, like, going to win there now. No, it's a fine even. We're not going to get... Lads aren't going to be getting drowned up on Park even. Yeah. You know what it is? Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so look, we're live on telly. It's on RT and um, AR Sport. But I suppose looking ahead to Saturday, um, the captain is to be named tomorrow night. Any thoughts on who you would like to see named as captain or do you know, man in the know? Well, the word in the street is Norm McGrath, you'd say. And it's someone I'd like to see as captain as well because I say now, if we kind of dared that, that age group, his age group, another year or two, and that could be it. And he's been vice-captain before, especially yeah. after when he came back there from particular cancer, you know, was when he came on that day in Park, in Bovin Crow Park, was, um, that feeling was something else than, he brought that kind of drive to that team that period. Something so he can definitely one man that can step in and roll a mare to tout it around, but she's rolling there's plenty of years at the clock in the moment anyway. So Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, Noel McGrath, if it is Noel McGrath would be a great shout as captain and certainly deserves his his um his his shot at it. Um has been a great leader for Tip over the years. And yeah, you're right, that day up in Crow Park was was fine things and um to when he when he made his his reappearance, I suppose, but um, yeah, no, Noel is a, is he mightn't be the, I suppose, the shouter uh, as a captain. He he leads by example on the field, and he's um, he's his hurling his hurling brain is is so more superior, I think, to to anyone else that the middle of the field really suits him, and he's able to get in the right spot. Um, it's probably similar to what Tommy Dunn used to do years ago, not blessed with, with pace, but just always seems to be in the right place at the right time and, and would be a great shout. I I like Rona Maher. If Rona Maher was named as captain, I'd be I'd be more than happy. I think he's he is a future captain and will be a, a long term captain of the county. I mean it's it's hard to believe that he's still only twenty five. He seems to be around forever. Yeah, hopefully we get one of the Mars on the old temporary victorious captain's ball of Sarah's on the outside field. It's long overdue, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, no, it would be great. Um, yeah, so that's going to be named, I think, along with the team tomorrow night. It'll be on uh, the tip supporters and tip FM. We'll, we'll, we'll have it out first. Um, so the team, the team, I suppose, what, first of all, what, what do we expect from tip in this league, um, Sean? Like, one thing I expect is to try lads out, like, and not trying lads out for half a game. Give lads the game, the two games, even three games to see where you're at. At least then you're giving them the opportunity. There's younger lads there that kind of came in last year that may have not got a chance because the way the year went, you know, it was shit or boss many of the games. So yeah. I'd love to see lads and raise a rap. There's no point having our older, more veteran players going up to Westmead or even like showing their hand against Limerick even Saturday night too much, to be honest, either. Yeah, um, Dylan Quirk, I suppose, one of those that you, you mentioned there. He, he started the league like a train there last year. He had five or six points, was it, against yeah. Waterford. Um, and then, as you said, the, the way the year was, it, it just wasn't a year for, for trying lads out. Um, he's one I, I'd like to see uh, get more game time this year. He's uh, one name that was mentioned to me there during the week now of a lad that's 
looking sharp inside, seek-wise, has it all in us. So he'd like to see him get in a couple of games. Um, along with Paddy Cadella, or the mention well as, as, as the old saying goes, flying and train. Many times we hear that. <laughs> no, but yeah, like Cadell is, is, he's one of those players that's, I suppose, he's around the panel now two or three years and it's time for him to, to step in, probably looking for a starting role. He, he was on and he was coming on there last year and um, he, he was a star of what the twenties was a two or twenty ones two or three years ago. Mm. He's um he's another one probably not best blessed with pace, but uh, I mean a serious hurling brain and, and a football brain. I've seen him play football for the Brackens. He's absolutely outstanding as well. And I mean it's probably a testament to the man that he captained his club at hurling and football at, at twenty one years old. I mean that's probably that just goes to show what they what they think of him in in, in Templemore. Yeah, he, he's one I'd really like to see. Um, there's a couple of new faces on the panel. Alan Tynan is back from playing rugby. Um, will they give him the year to get acclimatised to, to the regime or do, will we see him in the league? She they wouldn't be bringing him in just to have him sitting around either. You know, he's an excellent sportsman, I could say. Like, physically-wise, he's 100%. It's the hard side he needs, like, you know. But, like, years ago, before he made a decision to kind of go across the sports and that, he was touted to be one of the up-and-coming stars and he showed that fresh grey over the years. Yeah. Um, Owen Connolly, James Quigley and, and your own Billy McCarthy are, um, are the other three new names on the panel. Mm-hmm. Owen Connolly, I suppose, he, he burst onto the scene as an 18-year-old coming in at cornerback and on the 20s uh, or the 21s as it was at that time and, and was full-back and centre-back there over the last two years. He, Connolly is an outstanding hurler I've seen uh, him years away. So he, he looks like a man that could actually slot straight in if needed. Yeah, you could play him anywhere. That's the one thing O'Connell. He's versatile, and he he's a stick. He's in his good hurler as well. But he has that sticky corner back about him, where he kind of could be a nice tidy fullback if you need him slot in. And the other position at the moment we need to have, like that's the one thing you'd love in two just to have your fullback, centre back, and centre forward and full forward nailed down and you know build the team around him, not to have the classic like we were last year. Who will be fullback now or you know it was on the Thursday before they all aren't like or whatever. Yeah, yeah, um, and, and Connolly I think has um. As the, the dark arts, as, as they're called, doubt the fine art. He learned from it at a young age. Um, but yeah. you know, he, he's, well, he's well able to, to handle himself, which is what's needed at, at Inver County mm. level, you know. So he, he'd be, he, he certain, I wouldn't have any problem with him going out, getting into the team. Uh, Quigley is a Kildangan man. He was a spare yeah. the last two years at fullback. A problem, I won't say a problem position, but um, probably a position we need to fill in, in tip. Uh, Ronan has been playing there, but I'd like to see Ronan moved out, probably take on that that centre back role, make it his own. Um, so, if we're to look at a full back, is Quigley one that we could look at? Oh, for sure, yeah. And he showed for Clangin, like he Clang were exceptional over the last number of years. And Quigley is one player that was consistently good. Um, yeah. Like, never did that in often never that and completely outraged but he's just solid you know and that's the wonderful fullback like think about the full backs we had over the years like James Barry may not catch or hit a ball but by God he stopped his full forward scoring or blocking the ball down that's the one just someone that you can rely on Philip Maris type player you know just... yeah he, he probably strikes you as a, a that traditional uh, fullback that hmm. I suppose is nearly gone from the game now but is can you accommodate that kind no maybe I'm doing the man wrong but I mean that that fullback that stood on the edge of the square and that's where he hurled from and he didn't venture too far from from that position. Can you accommodate that in the, in the inter county game now? 
with the way teams will play three, four, forward, five, maybe, you're losing your player then. It depends on the team you're playing against. But I'd love to be able to, if teams, the classic Tiffany Kenny over there to go 15 for 15 and have her full back in the square and the full forward half of them. But then as you say, you're caught there. Like, he's not a player he likes seeing Lucy here on his own, Mark No one either. Because yeah. they do a job marking someone. Yeah. Wouldn't be as efficient as Mark No one, that's my thinking on it. Yeah, I, I, but and, and at the same time, it probably wouldn't surprise me to see him in the number three shirt come uh, the team announcement tomorrow night. Uh, as I said, your own Billy McCarthy is back on, on the panel, and it's great to see him back after after injury. I'm not sure whether he'll feature in the early stages of the league, but he's, he's abra- uh, the, way, the way he plays, he's abrasive, he's big, he's strong. That's the, the player we need coming in now and, and in the future. Yeah, for sure. Like in last year against Kilaran and Holy Cross, he was there on the bank behind him, one of the few spectators I was there, and he was over on Billy's side and really gave an exhibition there of winning the ball, driving forward, blocking down the corner back in a short buck out, you know, and then disaster happened again for Billy, but he's determined to come back again and even stronger, which is great to see. Um, but it's all then the fear in the back of your head. Will it tweak again? You know, it's always that fear, like, you know, it's, he's had a rough ride, to be honest, but he's one lad that deserves now chance with his progress making to be fair yeah I think uh, you're, you're dead right I mean if you, if Billy makes the team I think every every supporter in, in Tipperary will be just delighted for the journey that he has had to, to, to go through to, to get back on the panel so I suppose Sean looking back looking to the team then obviously it's going to be very hard to predict the team for Saturday night but positions we as a county we need to be looking at we we We've spoken before about the goalkeeper position. We want somebody to step up and challenge Brian, I think, for the for that number one shot, don't we? We do for sure, like and but one thing with the goal is you always see the goalies don't really get run out that much with other positions, don't they? Might, mm. They might get one game and like it's hard to know from a game where a goal is at. That's the only people know what a goal is going inside and training when the goalkeeping goals are going through them. Yeah. Like a Paul Mar sliding for a few league games. Who would you expect ourselves to start tomorrow night, Mike? Or certainly, sorry. Well, I don't know. I suppose Barry Hogan is in there, and, and Barry is coming off a, a, I suppose a county a county medal. He he was I suppose his quick thinking was the reason that that Killadang and our our county champions. Um, like when you go up Barry, if you're Barry and goes and James in front of him, like you know two lads know each other, like you know you have to, that would yeah. be a good combination there as well. It would, and and, and I suppose it'd be it would settle both of them. I mean, That's, because yeah, it, yeah it, it certainly would. Um, it's hard to know. It's hard to, I, I would hope that they would both get game time, Brian, both Brian yeah. Hogan and Barry Hogan over to whatever the five games in the yeah. league. Uh, and I'm sure he will alternate them because um, I, regardless of whether Brian is the best goalie in the county, he needs somebody coming behind him looking for that short to keep him on his toes. Like, so um, I, I'd like to see Barry, Barry getting a shot at it as well. The number four short is probably one that is up for grabs. Um, you go off yourself at this stage, Mike. I say no months. Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> I don't. Jesus, I think I'd rather leave it in you know, than, than, than me to be filling it, Sean. But um, yeah, so that, that, I suppose there is nobody for it. Sean O'Brien has retired, and so what are we looking at? Will Barry Heffernan come back in? Will Craig Morgan step up and 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 fulfil the promise of of the twenties and and grab it by the scruff of the neck? You have. Uh, Brendan Maher is, is Brendan Maher going to, to drop back into the, into yeah. the back line? Owen Connolly could slot in Owen. there, you know, there's yeah. John Maher still around there in the corner back line. But then is there any of them that you could say now, like nail, like 
it's one position you said that since kind of Cal went over the years, Cal and Barrett and that, like, and it's kind of, I don't like having lads that wing back on and then corner back the next day. I know the game is changing, good reversal, which is corner back to one position. And, and especially out of corner, clever. You mentioned Brendan Maher there mm. as a corner back, especially when playing against teams of only the five forwards. He could be our loose player, which yeah. I'd love to see as well. So it's kind of hard for courses some way as well, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose two years ago, was it two years ago, uh, we saw Brendan dropping into the full back line to pick up Aaron Gillan and did a, yeah. a super job on him and, yeah. and, and seemed to be the man marker that year. So that could be an option. I suppose it depends what's going to happen out the field. Um, as I said, Barry Heffernan is probably back now, hopefully fully fit. Seamus Kendi is a man who I'm presuming will come straight back into the halfback line. He was sorely missed last year. Um, and, um, and and Cadell, as we as we mentioned already, can play in the halfback line or, or midfield. So I suppose it'll be interesting to see what way it's going to, to work out. Yeah, that's yeah, Cadell, another one there, yeah. So like you get we get a fair feel now after five league games only. Especially yeah. performance-wise, uh, Brian O'Mara actually from Holy Cross is on the panel as well. I mean, another another one that we, I'd be hoping, would be looked at as well. He was very good for the for the twenties over the the, the the twelve months that he he was playing in that number seven short. So and he was not that lost though as well last year with the cold way it happened. He was going well there before, like you know, he was tipped to be kind of slotting in their wing back cornerback as well. There's so many lads that kind of lost down that year. Yeah, uh, John Maher, who you mentioned earlier on, there he's. Um, I'd love to see John get a proper crack at it. He he came on against Limerick the first day and and he didn't go well and kind of went out to the mm. twenty six ten for the second day. But he's um he's a man I'd love to see get maybe one or two full games under his belt to, to really see what mm. what the potential is there. At the end of the league, you want to have want to basically have your ten eleven back for six positions and at least it's okay come half time in a match championship game. If two have to come off, if two lads can come on, they can do a job. Like, that's what you want. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, as was in the forwards, uh, Shane McCallan is out um, for, for the, the beginning of the league and possibly yeah. all of the league. And Seamus is the only man on the panel, actually, with a with a league medal. So, um, he'll be a huge loss. But, I mean, it, that's a, an opportunity. Will Jason Ford slip into 14 and, and try and nail down that position? Or... Is it just somebody going to be going in there as kind of a placeholder until Seamus is fit? It's hard. I say it could be more placeholder to be honest, Mike, especially like come championship knockout, Seamus fit, he's 14. Um, he's only doing a bit of light work at the moment. Um, he hasn't done much since last year, like, you know, so, but again, he's one that we don't, doesn't need league and if he's half us around come a monster final or whatever, we'll take that. Um, but as you say, you don't want to get a lad to settle in a 14 has an amazing league at 14, first round championship maybe at 14, and then Jamie comes in and they're trying to slot me in, wing forward, corner forward. You know, that's yeah. the one thing. Um, new new, the option, new options there, sorry. Yeah, new, new forwards. Is there someone that you'd like to see get a shot in the forwards? Will Nyla Mara come back into the, into the, the forward, the half forward line? Uh, Bonner is back, I suppose. Um, Can we see Billy Seymour again? Like Billy mm-hmm. Seymour again, like kind of... Surprise there a few years ago, and if you could get that kind of spark back into him again, for sure he could be an option there to slot in as well. Yeah, and Keen Darcy is knocking around the panel as well. He's probably yeah. more of a a, a, loose, a loose player, maybe coming on when the game is broken up. Um, Same with Willie as well. Willie's yeah. very good at that as well, you know. Confusing yeah. as altogether, he does be. Um, yeah. There's not many more options, kind of full forward again in his own position that when Jamie hangs it up, foot players notice we need to have someone that can. 
wind or that physical kind of size and sharpshoot, we call it. Yeah, Paul Flynn was another one who, who really impressed us was in the county championship last year. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he's one that, that would be an option in the full forward line as well. Yeah, that's, and we'll definitely get, get to see all these lads come to the league anyway. We surprised if the forward line now, this line now starting night are all completely newcomers there in, in the centre way that wouldn't be regular starters. Wouldn't surprise yeah. you one bit, to be honest. Um, so putting your head on the block, Sean, are, are, will we win? I suppose it's hard to know without the team, but um, will, will we win? Will, will we go out to win it? Or will we look oh, for we, performance? We look for performance first off, but the result of it at the end of the day, if you, because one thing is the same sport, momentum, winning games like Limerick last year unbeaten, like it's, it does help, like whatever way you look at it. Yeah. Whether you're having the best team in the field or not, if we're still getting a win over it is it's the performance we need to see him like and if you can see newer lads like so we went to Dylan Quark or James Quiller and kinda of get in and show us something and, and even if the the season campaigners there, maybe John McGrath or if Noah Starter kind of Breen as well had a good spark last year, get them rolling again. But if you can but Limerick suppose are hot fairs smoke is their four to nine on, so it's only one result to see in the papers and yeah, uh, tip tip are two to one um, with the bookies. Was so I suppose that's Limerick are, as you said, are hot favourites. But again, nobody's going to know until the, until the teams are named. And look, hopefully we'll come out of the Gaelic grounds uh, with with the two points. Uh, we need a win, I suppose, against Limerick. Not that it, it wouldn't be the the worst thing if we if we did lose. It's it's only the start of the league with a, with a three week run yeah. into it. But uh, look, hopefully we will leave the Gaelic grounds with with the two points. Yeah, so we're delighted to be joined on the Premier View Tipperary GA podcast by uh, Napier Sheik's Shane Dowling. Shane, you're very welcome. Thank you very much. Uh, so Shane, um, Limerick and Tip on, on Saturday night uh, inside the Gaelic grounds next door to you. Uh, what are we going to expect from Limerick Saturday, do you believe? Yeah, not much, I'd say, is, is my answer. <laughs> Expectation levels for uh, for any teams across the country at the minute, they surely can't be too high, can they? Um I suppose Limerick have, um, you know, they're, they're the same team or the same group of players, more or less in the same management for the last couple of years. So they're fairly assured of what they have. Um, Liam Sheedy and Tip is more or less the same as well. Although I think it's a lot more important from his from his end to try blood a few new players than, than what is in Limerick's end. But uh, listen, they're only back training three, three or four weeks. I think they've done another three or four weeks before that, uh, just on their own and whatever else. So... They haven't the whole pile done. I do know that. Um, but then again, I don't think too many teams have a whole pile done. So uh, it's hard to know what to expect. You don't even know what teams are going to put out. Again, I'd say it's going to be a mixture. Um, I, I think one thing you may have noticed with John over the last couple of years is he doesn't just throw in a, a brand new 15. He'll always have seven, eight, nine regulars and throw in a few new lads in Tafford as well. So they're not going into, you know, the whole new team being put together. And I, I'd, I'd expect him she to do the same. Yeah, so uh, Kylie, as you said, he, he he's not one, I suppose, for experimenting. But coming off the last year and, and winning the All Ireland, do you think he'll try new faces just to to shake things up a bit? For I suppose, especially in the first game on, on Saturday night. Oh, hundred percent. He'll definitely try new faces. Yeah, there's no there's no doubt about that. Uh, I expect to see four or five. And when I say new faces, now there won't be new faces, but they just might be lads that. Would uh, would be regular starters we call them. So as I said, I I I'd anticipate like there's four or five lads there that would say lash it through injuries and you know different bits and pieces didn't get as much game time or you know for obviously COVID reasons they didn't get uh, as as many chances as they would have liked. Whereas uh, no disrespect to the league an important competition, but I think this year will be used to have a look at lads and to uh, give get lads game time and see who can put their hand up. 
Yeah. So um, Kylie has, has added four new faces to the panel. Uh, Tommy Hayes and Barry Murphy from Dune, Carl O'Neill, Krikora and Colin Coughlin from Valley Brown. Um, do you know much about them lads? Uh, are, will, will they see game time or are they there to kind of get used to the panel? And Murphy obviously has been there before, but the other three to get used to the panel and, and with, a, with a view to bringing them on in, in a year or, two, or two's time. Yeah, and I was just going to say, Barry, Barry Murphy is, is far from a new face. Uh, he, he was in the setup for a couple of years. He took a year out last year and he's back in the now again. So even I remember the year we won the first All-Ireland in 2018, our first game was against Tipping the Gaelic Crowns. I'm sure you're well aware of it. And, mm. and uh, Barry got a very important goal there towards the end that, that put the game to bed. So um, it's great to have Barry back, smashing fella, and uh, a great option. Um, I was surprised, if I'm being honest, that Carl O'Neill and Colin Cotton were brought up. They're still under a leaving cert. They're very young, but by God, they're well-developed. They're big boys. So uh, mm-hmm. I'd say, which is a case from John's perspective, just to get them into the system and get them used to it. I'm sure they'll see game time this year, but I would imagine it's just, it's just to get them in among the system and get them used to the whole the setup, the intensity of it and everything else and uh, with a view of their development going forward. And Tommy Hayes is another doom man. Wouldn't know all the while about him now, if I'm honest, but um, he's been a you know, good club worker for doing over the last couple of years. So John has given him a chance as well. So with Barry, I'd imagine he's at a different end of the scale to where the three boys are. Yeah, yeah, he could see game time. So, just speaking of the Dune lads, um, Richie English is back available. Well, he was, I suppose he was back on the panel towards the end of last year, but he's back available, fit and ready to go. Um, Mike Casey is to come back as well. Is that a headache for Kylie, or is it a nice problem to have those two guys coming back? Yeah, so Richie, by all accounts, uh, was flying before last year's All Ireland final. He was doing really, really good, but. Just to suppose the lads that were on the full back line, Sean, Barry, and Dan hadn't been doing anything wrong. So, you know, John wasn't gonna wasn't gonna just drop him just because Richie was back. So um Richie's had a good number of months now to get himself in, in tip top order. Uh, and I'm sure he is. My case on the other end uh, is, is a long way off seeing game time. Um so you can rule him out for the foreseeable future. But so really the the headache that, that I suppose you spoke about there is that um there's four of the four players we mentioned. Uh, four doesn't go into three, so he, he can only pick. Uh, he can only pick three, um, yeah. and that's, that would all depend on uh, names. Doesn't come into it really. It all depend on who's performing best throughout the league, and whatever three they are would be the three to play the first round of the championship. I'd imagine. Yeah, how how does does Kylie go about managing that situation? Um, with with I suppose he, he's fifteen was more or less name, nailed on. Maybe fourteen of the fifteen uh, for a lot of the year last year. And now he's going to have to... How do you keep the rest of the panel motivated that, that they will get their shot? It's very straightforward. You win and train as hard as you can. And the team is named in the two nights before championship and that's it. And if you're not playing, you're not playing. you got to prove yourself to play. There's no drama attached to it. There's nothing special about it. Uh, um, and that's really it. Like, there's no secrets. It's not about lads. There's no, there's no room in that panel for... Lads giving out or disappointments, or say, of course, lads are going to be disappointed, but disappointed in their own way, and just try get on with it. Then after that, so it's 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 very straightforward. I can assure you. Yeah, um, having gone unbeaten last year, is that something Limerick will aim to do again this year? Do you think, or is the goal of the league maybe to to enhance the panel and maybe not, I suppose, be more about performance than than result? Yeah, going unbeaten wouldn't even cross their minds now. If I'm being honest with you, um, you know, it's a case of. It really is a bit of a cliche, like to take it game by game, simple as that. Uh, you know, the Tipperary this, this Saturday night, 
uh, for long enough, as you're well aware, Tipperary were well on top of Limerick. Uh, thankfully, the tables have turned for now and long may last from our perspective. So it's not a case of that foot. Like, whatever players do play on Saturday, it's not going to be a case of weakened team or anything like that. It's going to be a case of there's your chance, go and take it. And a result will still be expected, irrelevant of who takes the pitch on Saturday. So that's just that's just the way it is there, really. Yeah, it's yeah. game by game. So looking looking further on, I suppose, from the league, you've been drawn against Cork in the first round. Um, not that there's any good draw in, in, in Munster, but is that, a, is that a, a decent enough draw for Limerick? Would they have been happy enough with that? I think you said it earlier on, just in your point there, it's not, I don't think any team wants to play or not play another team. Uh, it's fairly competitive. Uh, like Cork, over the last couple of years, have been the team that have troubled Limerick the most. Uh, could have, should have maybe beaten us in 2018 other than semi-final. Uh, you know, it did have us on the ropes and, and thankfully we, we were able to fight back. And then the following year, they beat us in the first round of the championship uh, and beat us comprehensively enough. So they've posed uh, questions of us over the last couple of years. And Kieran Kingston has made a lot of big calls this year. Um, so I would imagine that lads now might be on their toes, whereas they might have been in previous years. So I would go, it certainly wouldn't be a, an ideal draw or anything like that. A limit don't look at it and say, geez, that's, that's a handy one or anything like that. That's certainly not the case. Um, because as you said, Cork had been the team that had put us to the pin of the collar. Uh, and obviously, there's been a, a lot of, I, I think, players let go more so in retirements down there. So I'd be very, inter- I, I'm actually very interested of all teams this year. Cork is the one team that I, I am quite interested in because of that reason alone. And over the last couple of years, they just haven't, haven't been doing it. Uh, and it's very unlike Cork for that. So uh, I'm there. I'll be very interested to see how the league goes with them anyway. And just following on from that, Shane, like this year, our Lee McCarthy Championship run now and the summer months, the harder ground than that. Following on from Cork, who would you see kind of as a major contender saying kind of a bet without Limerick markers say we're going, we're taking out Limerick? And who would you say be behind them at the moment? Yeah, that, so. Uh, I think Tipperary when they're right. Uh, I, I, I listen. I know it's been spoken about that Tipperary have a back to back there over over the last while, and I, I don't know did that catch them again last year. I saw them; they were they were very disappointing against Limerick, uh, and only they got a goal there early on in the second half. But you probably remember the, the ball is picked off the ground, so it probably shouldn't have been a goal, and that even brought them back into it. So if that was disallowed, they would have been comprehensively beaten, right? And uh, I saw them play in the Gaelic grounds against Cork. Uh, I was at the game; wasn't overly impressed. I just thought they were flat, uh, but I expect to see a huge. I expect to see some huge Tipperary this year. Liam Sheedy, all the boys, Bonner, Potty, Brendan, Shamey, Noel McGrath. Like you know, four years ago, Joe like Nan had them written off. But anyway, they're, like just yeah. they're in their they're 31, 32, 33 now. Like there isn't a whole point left in them. Uh, there's no hidden secrets about that. So I expect to see a massive push from Tipperary this year. Uh, Galway, obviously Shane O'Neill, second year now. Uh, they were very close to Limerick last year. Didn't really make sense. People saying Limerick didn't play great against Galway. Uh, there was only four points in it, I think. But the reason that was is because uh, Galway had a very good side. Uh, and then Joe got injured. Carl Manning got injured. So, you know, things didn't go right from that year. And Shane and all the players uh, that day, even Shane, know a lot more of the players better this year. And Waterford. Uh, I was seriously impressed with Waterford through the whole year last year. I thought Liam Cahill done a massive job uh, with Michael Bevins. Tyga Burke is a massive loss for them. So he need to fill that gap. Uh, and uh, they'll need to progress on, on last year. But they would be the three teams that I would have just behind Limerick. But it's hard to divide any of them three teams over each other. There's much, much just there. Yeah, exactly. Especially this year when there's more, more planned schedule, it's easier to kind of see teams where they're at as well. Um, just kind of back one thing there. 
this year Limerick say Limerick senior team is only one player now they might stand out this year that might come through the ranks and make a breakthrough onto the team and kind of even being contender for young Hardier and so on. Uh, he's not young, but David Dempsey is a club mate of mine, and that's not the reason I'm picking him. Uh, I'm picking him because he's gifted. Uh, he was the best club player in Limerick last year. He's been on the panel now for four or five years, um, and he's been absolutely plagued with injuries. He's been the most unfortunate player that I've seen in the last couple of years. Um, you know, he's his six inches between his ears are incredible. His hands are incredible. Uh, and I'd love to see him. Do you know what? Even if he doesn't get injured, I'd just love to see him get a go at it. And because he's, as I said, he, I, I rate him highly. Um, and, you know, I think that if he got a clean run and didn't have injuries, uh, I, I, I think he can he can push very, very close. Um, so he's the person that I've been thinking about it there, even in recent weeks. Like, you know, I'd just love to see him get a run at it. And, you know, nothing after doing the Pearson or anything like that, but I've seen him now for a long time and I know what, uh, what he has to offer. So I'd love to see him getting a, a clean run with it. Very good, yeah. He's similar to one club mate of mine we were just talking about there earlier. Billy McCarthy was played injuries as well, and it'd be good to see him get a run as well. So kind of similar style left. Yeah, and I actually I actually dropped Billy a text on social media there, maybe I don't know, it was a six, eight, ten, twelve months ago there. I read his story and geez, he'd been uh she's horrific injuries, like you know, and uh obviously having a, a snippet of it myself and knowing what he was probably going through mentally, my heart went out to him like and so I'd, I'd echo that you know again if nothing else then we get a clean run of it and after that then if they're good enough but well, then that remains to be seen after yeah. that. We all want to see the best players of the field in the day, you know that's the one thing Absolutely, yeah. Um with any kind of Limerick underage players there now kind of keep an eye on even in, in your own club they're underage kind of sixteen minors kind of the my kind of breakthrough names give us to listen to out for years to come yeah probably uh, Dune man there Adam English like you know he's a big powerful wing forward uh, I saw him playing the, the, the under 17s has gone to now or anyway the minor monster fine last yeah. year whatever age it is uh, that was on in the it was against Tip actually because Shane McGrath was going up to there on the sideline so as I remember <laughs> that and uh, he was giving plenty of fist puffs that didn't Pumsy, but that didn't change when he was a player to coach. Anyway. But uh, Adam English was, was very, very good. Uh, he is a good player. Um, and obviously doing a great club, like, you know, breed hurling out there. So he's he's listening he's probably a couple of years after everything, but he's in the academy, he's in the system. He's stepping up, he's doing very well. Kind of reminds me a small bit of Kyle O'Neill that's in the Limerick setup now where he's, you know, done very, very well under age and came through the system. Them. And you know, I expect to see him, you know, in the Limerick setup in a couple of years once he keeps on progressing. You know, very good. And kind of follow on from that again, like the Pearsick have been the main team in Limerick over the last number of years, like doing or bridging that gap. And I mentioned they've young stars coming through there. Will they finally do it, or if anyone else in Limerick at the moment that might come into them, come into them top two teams at the moment? Yeah, so I suppose it's. You know, the Pearsink, uh, Patrick Swell, Dune and Kilmallock, they're the four clubs that have been consistently fighting out the championship mm. over the last 10 years even. Uh, you know, it generally comes down to the four of us uh, at the minute. And, like, I think, you know, we, we won the county final last year comprehensively, uh, but it wasn't a fair reflection on Dune, definitely not. Um, and they were also in the final against us in 2017, I think. Yeah, it was 17 or 18. Anyway, I think it was 18. Anyway, uh, it was 18. Sorry, it was 18. So, listen, they've been there, thereabouts. Yeah, I'm sure they like they really want to get over the line. You know, I know that their club has been pushing very, very hard for that. It probably is only a matter of time. Um, you know, and then Patrick Swell obviously won it uh, in 2019, I think it was. And, uh, you know, they've obviously got the stars to the team. Like, so 
and Kilmallock have always been there. We've a great battle to them over the last couple of years. So, yeah, yeah listen, between ourselves, doing Kilmallock and Patrick as well, uh, it, it, it's fairly competitive. I know we've had the edge over the last couple of years. Um, and, you know, the age profile of our team is quite good. But this gas, we won the other Ireland Club in 2016. And if you go back to that team, you know, there's four or five players gone. They're not around or injured or retired or whatever else. So it don't belong. Uh, you know, players don't belong moving on. So you got to make it when the sun shines. And that's what we're trying to do. Good stuff, Shane. Good stuff. And just kind of finish off there. The Championship now and League is starting up and Championship is starting in a few weeks again. Do you think we see spectators at games? What's kind of opinion on that? Like, something like to see. You know, uh, last year, obviously, like, was, was my first year out of the game. And, uh, you know, thankfully, I was able to go to a couple of games, just doing different bits of work, whatever. But I remember nearly every game I went to I felt like a bloody fraud going into the game. Genuinely, <laughs> I was like, Jesus, I'm going to, I'm waltzing in here. And these poor parents and girlfriends and everything at home not going to the game. Like, and, you know, the only thing, the only reason I actually went for a finish is because I said to myself, I can't give my ticket to a parent or I can't give my ticket to... Yeah, yeah. If I could, I would, I'd have gladly given it to them and not win, but I couldn't. So, but I said, if I don't go, well then, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not going to be given to someone of, of more importance to the player. So that that's what's wrong with for me. And it's going to be the same this year. Like, I'm going into the game Saturday evening uh, and it's the same. I Again, I feel freaking like... Anyway, it is what it is. So <laughs> to answer your question... Um, Listen, we all learned came out there the last week or and said it towards the end of July. Uh, there's going to be spectators. Um, listen, by another month, like all the vulnerable are going to be vaccinated. Like it's outdoors. Everything tells me that they should be like, even if, as I said to you, if they only put a number on it, now I know if you put a number on it, then how do you divide it out and all that comes with it? But as I said to you, if players, parents and family members, or if each player was given six tickets and they yeah. decided who they gave them to or something, yeah. I think it should be for the latter end of the championship, if that's possible. Who knows if we're going to get a four wave and all this side of it or not. But yeah. with all the people being vaccinated and the numbers and everything is is boding into a positive direction. Uh, and definitely, you know, in, but I'd even love to, to say is we'll review it in six weeks time or we'll review it in eight weeks time yeah. so that it gives some some sense of hope but that's what the, the problem we have is we're giving a sense of hope and we take this gospel and then you know things don't work out and we're, we're giving out so uh, but I definitely think there's a chance I do I think there's a chance because one thing is like you love players love playing in Crow Park and their family there watching them and you can go north from afterwards like that one thing that was missed over last year it was kind of oh, I was players at... stuck in hotels I know tip last year went down to Limerick and Half team was stuck in the Castle Troy Parkway watching the match in the rooms. Like, you know, it's not. And you know, it was actually a great thing to see. Um, this is that all the players that are yeah. involved in the, in the in the panel can go to games. I think that's very important. But like, I was at the All Ireland last year, and um, oh, holy God, like, Jesus above. And next thing, Dexy lifting the cup, like, and you can hear yeah. all the players roaring, and you can nearly hear what they're, they're talking about, like, you know, it's, it's yeah. wrong. Uh, and the whole point, like, the whole buzz of it is the crowd, like, like 2018 for. You know, when I was there, lucky to be there. Oh, like there are memories that will last forever, and that's what it's about. That's why you do yeah. all the training and put in all the hard yards. So, um, and listen, there, we were, I suppose the lads were just glad there was a championship last year. Uh, you did have taken that over no championship, but you're right, it, it definitely, you know, we, we need supporters back as soon as possible. You're preaching to the converted, dear Shane. Now, that's all we have time for this week, folks. Thanks again to MerchMonster.ie for the sponsorship of this podcast. Keep an eye out over the weekend for our new website, which is launching the PremierViewPodcast.com. Thanks to all our guests, Shane Dowling, Shane Brophy, Elmo Queen, 
and of course Sean Smith and Linda Tracy for their contribution. On Monday, we will have our review podcast of the Limerick vs. Tip game from Saturday night. Until then, thanks very much. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.